0: Hello, and welcome back to They Made Another One, where each week we study an often forgotten installment in a franchise and see how it holds up all on its own. I'm one of your hosts, Corey. And I'm your other host, Liam. And things have returned to normal, it seems. It certainly sounds that way. I have escaped that terrible island compound, which I had made my home, and uh, I stowed away on a shipping container on a large boat. And I am now home just in time for the holidays, which is pretty exciting. It's something that we didn't address much last episode, I think, because our minds were elsewhere. I was marooned. We were feuding with some celebrity that was trying to break our technological ability and also our spirits. And um, it seems like that's all sort of figured itself out. So um, we're back for a more traditional holiday setup here. And uh, I think that's probably for the best. (laughs)
1: Oh yeah, I was getting worried for a second there, dude. I mean, I'm a big Christmas guy, right? But I've never really faced such adversity as my best friend being marooned on an island throughout the entirety of December. I mean, I was just worried about the COVID thing. And then to put on top of that like a double lockdown, you're not only not here, but you're underground on an island. It was going to be rough. So I'm glad that our next few weeks have evened out a bit and we just have to worry about this silly COVID thing.
0: Yeah, and I I, uh, I, think that's something we're pretty used to at this point, so I'm not even particularly worried about that. I, for one, am working quite a bit in the upcoming little while, so I'm probably not going to notice it too much. But, you know, as a big Christmas guy, like you said, how are you feeling? I, I can't believe I'm about to do this, especially because this is a podcast and most people that listen to this don't live where we live. But how are you feeling about this fucking shit ass weather that does not feel like Christmas at all?
1: Yeah, you know what? We started off all right. We, we got our first snowfall, everyone, about a week ago or so, um, and in terms of podcast recording time, that would have been like l- late November, yeah. maybe the b- beginning of the last week of November. We got a good snowfall, but ever since then, it's just been really murky and hazy outside. I haven't really seen any snowfall since then. All it's the snow's been, gone. It poured yeah, rain for days. It, raining and rain (laughs) on top of snow is just it's not super great i love the rain and i love the snow but when you smack them together like that it just feels so it's like i can't situate myself in either happiness and so i just it's it's oppressive because like
0: i also like the rain like you're saying but like let's pick one and i'm very much used to like you know canadian winter so i'm like if we're gonna do this let's just do it let's get it over with let's start winter you know what i mean and I feel like we're just not getting there, so I don't know if we're really going to be able to um, cultivate that like classic Christmas atmosphere that we're used to. Not just on account of like a potential green Christmas, but just because like you know, if it's just wet and like dreary and kind of gross, that's very much an autumnal vibe, and um, it ain't autumn, or it is, but like it's not. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. And typically here the winter doesn't really kick off until January or February. That's when you get a lot of snow and a lot of cold temperature. Um I was pretty amazed when we got that snowfall a week or two ago. Um, but you know, it was it was too good yeah, to be true. But then like and, two years ago you think about it, and like we had like multiple
0: feet of snow on Halloween <laughs> and it's like no one knows what's going on anymore. But what it means is we have to figure out ways to uh cultivate that christmas atmosphere ourselves and we were talking off mic just before we started and um liam was like oh we could talk about some other holiday specials or christmas specials and i was like well i can't think of any memorable that are memorable to me and we are not exactly going to be the first people who sit down to talk about like rankin bass rudolph the red-nosed reindeer or anything but like what is your go-to stuff when it comes to the holiday season to like get yourself in the mood do you have
1: things for that I do, yeah. Not so much holiday specials. I'm uh, more of a movie dude, you know, when I was growing up. And even these aren't C- movies.
0: <laughs> this isn't a movie um, at all. It moves, but it lies. This is a special, uh, goddammit.
1: <laughs> yeah, when I was a kid, uh, we when we were watching cable, you know, we would tend to go for the movies every year instead of... Um, you know, I can't even think of that many holiday specials. Charlie Brown. Never really did that one growing up, funny enough. I honestly think I only saw the Christmas Charlie Brown special for the first time a couple of years ago. Um but in terms of stuff that just gets me in the mood around the holidays, I mean I fuck up some hot cocoa. I'm a big hot cocoa dude. Love that stuff. Uh and then I just I just start watching, you know, wintery, Christmassy movies. I mean, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 was a great way to kick it off last week. It has about as much grass as we do in it, so (laughs) it feels appropriate. Um, You know, and I like like gingerbread houses. I like making cookies. I like decorating. Um, Me and Brianna, we got a two-foot tall real Christmas tree uh, to fit in our little apartment, so we've put it on our kitchen counter and it basically reaches the ceiling. Oh my god. And last winter Why did you put it on the counter? <laughs> oh, because otherwise it would But you aren't know, you gonna kinda... get like
0: needles and sap in a bunch of gross shit all over like your kitchen area if it's a real tree?
1: <laughs> no, I mean this apartment is small enough that even if it were on the floor, those needles would End up in our kitchen yeah, area. That's yeah, that's fair. It's a tiny and place. there's also there's there's not floor space. You know what <laughs> I mean? Um, yeah. So it's kind of where it's got to go. It looks cute. And and last year, my mom for Christmas uh, sent a package over, and it had some Christmas ornaments in it, some Christmas ornaments in it. And the note said, you know, like this is this can be uh, yours and Brianna's first Christmas ornament. And I thought that was really cool, especially because growing up. My family didn't really do the personalized Christmas ornament things. We had ornaments that we would use every year, but we wouldn't gift each other ornaments. Right. I never really had the ornaments that felt like they belonged to me. And so now that this is my first time uh, really having really having my own Christmas tree, and the fact that I'll be able to put my own little ornaments on it is, I'm stoked for that. So I'm uh, I'm ready for December to come on. And, Holy oh shit! Oh my god! Did you hear that? I, I heard both of them. Yeah, that was my dog. Wow. Um, he he just my dog just ate a treat from a dog advent calendar. It has like is your dog religious? Nice. <laughs> no, he's, has he heard he's the not. good word? Much like me, uh, he, he, he did all the Christmas traditions growing up, especially the ones that are food-related, but uh, he took the religion out of it. He just focuses on the cookies, and so he had a treat with some icing on it, and apparently it's, it's fucked with his belly, so he's doing some Christmas hacking to ring in the December. Um, that's, that's where I'm at. What about you, Corey? Christmas stuff, holiday specials, any of it? Um,
0: not really, and I think we talked about this when we talked about Halloween is that i i was never much of a like a hugely i was about to say patriotic for the holidays and i'm sticking with it even though i don't think that's a thing um it's not something that i uh i really i'm not attached to the holidays and you know we did have like holiday traditions or i'm sure i watched certain things every year or there'd always be certain things happening um ornament wise I I don't think we did anything that was like hugely personalized, but you know, you get the same stuff. You go through the motions of decorating and whatever, but it's not something that I, as, as I've gotten older, I've become like, I've just cared less and less about that kind of thing. And, um, you know, this is probably the least attached I'll ever be to the holidays because I'm not going to be at home. And, um, I'm certainly not decorating on my own accord. It's not something I'm really that interested in doing. So, I don't know what it would take to get me to really, like, feel that Christmas spirit or whatever that, uh, I guess I'm not feeling, but it's never been something that I'm hugely attached to, so I'm sort of, I'm like, I'm similar to you, but, like, even further removed, because you at least, like, are into the holidays, um... There's just fewer like immediate signifiers of that, whereas for me, I'm just kind of like i could I could take it or leave it, whereas I feel like my my increasing affection for Halloween and my increasing affection for horror movies has kind
1: of gone hand in hand over the last couple of years. I don't have any equivalent of that for this, yeah, um, it's nice to tie them together. I mean Christmas horror movies are always fun, but my my favorite thing about the holidays is that it just like gives me a structure and sort of something to format my life around and so I know that in the month of October I can do activities that are like spooky based and then in December (laughs) I do activities that are like snowy based and so uh there was a period in my life just just a few years ago where I was um you know I wasn't getting a lot of enjoyment out of the other months in the year and so when October and December hit it was like really uh a saving grace so, in October, I would just, like, um, kind of curate my days, largely around movies, because I was big into movies at that point, point. Um, and I would, like, make my roommates watch holiday-themed things with me, and uh, I was determined to have them go to a tree farm with me to cut down a tree <laughs> and bring it back to the place, so we did that. Um, I would, uh, you know, carve pumpkins, go sledding, shit like that, so I just... I I like that um, it's kind of like the months make it easier for you to decide what to do and make memories that you can then easily associate with a time in your life, whereas the other months of the year are sort of, uh, you got to figure it out much more by yourself. So that's kind of why I like the holidays. Well, it sounds like you just like society, you know, because like the months are... (laughs) not
0: Humanity grew up from from the depths of sentience and then discovered that in December things feel different. And so everybody started drinking hot tea and, uh, or hot cocoa and, like, sledding as Neanderthals <laughs> because the months just feel that way. Um, but in all seriousness, I, I get what you mean. Um, I've just never had that same, uh, attachment. So, um... For me, it's just kind of like, eh, it's winter and miserable and, um, there's a bunch of Christmas shit happening that is overbearing because Christmas gets to dominate, like, two and a half months of our lives for some reason. And, um, eh, yeah, I don't know, I can just take it or leave it. Not in a, like, a sourpuss kind of way. Like, I don't hate it. It's just, like, I've never had an affection for it. Um, or if I did, maybe I was a kid and I just forgot. But, so what it kind of means is, um what we have to do uh, is try to build a little bit of that ourselves, especially when uh, you know, the outside world is working against us. And so we've got like the best, they made another one candidate we've had in a while. I feel like in terms of just like the surprise that it exists, which is um, elf Buddy's musical Christmas from 2014, which is uh, directed by Mark Caballero and Seamus Walsh written by Aaron Horvath and Michael Jelinek, who did teen Titans go to the movies and uh, Bob Martin and Thomas Meehan, who I'll explain their role after. It is edited by Mike Wright. Cinematography by Ralph Kachelle, And music is by Christopher Gardino and Matthew Sklar. And the important thing to note here is that this is simultaneously based on the 2003 movie and a Broadway musical. Oh, I see, I didn't know that. I had no idea. I didn't know that either until we looked it up. So for anybody who doesn't know, because I certainly didn't elf is a musical based on the motion picture of the same name with a score by Matthew Sklar and Chad Bugelin. The book is adapted by Bob Martin and Thomas Meehan. Those writers from the 2003 film, the musical ran on Broadway in the Christmas seasons of 2010 to 11 and 12 to 13 and the West end in the 2015, 16 season and also toured annually in the U S during the Christmas holiday season from 2012 to at least 2017 the only other thing I find notable about this is that Wayne Knight played Santa in the musical at one point. Big fan of Wayne Knight. Newman, uh, Newman. Um so we're out of our depth with Broadway. But um yeah, this is the so the songs come from that and the the narrative thrust I guess probably simultaneously comes from the musical and the fact that it's based on the movie. And then they created this stop motion animation special out of those things and so you didn't know that i
1: take it yeah no i didn't know and that makes a bit more sense because watching this uh this the 50 minute special i was actually impressed as to how they seem to um streamline or repurpose the original movie um first i was i was surprised that it was like a remake of the fir- of the movie i didn't think that i thought it would be well, a totally new like, story it's like it's a, pretty re- close it's like a
0: re it's like a retelling
1: rather than it than is, like a, a, re- it is a retelling i figured that um it would be a sequel i thought that everything that happened in the movie happened and they would have done something else but we see scenes from the movie told again um, and knowing that it's based on a musical makes more sense because when I think of a musical um, adapting a movie I don't think it's going to be a sequel I think of it as a retelling and also just the uh, the little workarounds they do and the way they you know shorten the the movie in order to fit it and and uh, um, get some characters to places quicker. Um, I, w- I was pretty impressed and I thought, hey, you know, to, to do that in a 50-minute special and, and figure out how to cut some of that stuff out of the movie to to make it a bit more succinct, that's that's pretty cool. But knowing that there was a team behind a musical that might have done the same choices. Um, oh, uh, the musical is almost certainly the the special. That's yeah, my best yeah. guess, is that this is a remake of the musical condensed yeah and so knowing that that does that that makes more sense it does feel that way for sure and so do you have any huge affection for elf the movie you're goddamn right i do okay holy shit um wow we've struck a nerve (laughs) uh first time i remember seeing it would have been fourth grade so it would have been you know 2005 or so um, so about two years after the movie came out, we watched it in the class on DVD. Um, and I, I, I think I liked it. I mean, I don't actually remember what, seeing it in the classroom. I just remember that we watched it. Um, but then after that, you know, my experience with Elf is just a blur because I've, feel like i've seen it a hundred times on tv um i owned the dvd which had a really sick like interactive game (laughs) where you're you know sledding and it's kind of like a point and click thing uh why the fuck did dvds feel like they needed to have games on that i know it was such a weird time and um my my family's car had little DVD players on the back of the seats. Fuck yeah! And so so I was like playing this game in the back seat, like in the middle of summer, playing the Elf game. It was very very mid two thousands experience. I think I had a ring pop on my hand. Um, we all did perpetually <laughs> <laughs> until like two thousand seven, and then they all went away. Yeah. Uh, So I just, I mean, I love Elf. I've probably like legitimately seen it at least once a year for the last 10 years or so. And um, in December of 2015, that would have been my freshman year of university, my roommate and I, uh, so excited for Christmas, of course, pledged to watch Elf every single day throughout the month of December. Um, That's too many times. Sorry, I'm going to stop you right there. That's too many it's like it's like one too many um so we started December first watched it, had a blast um I particularly love the department store manager um he is he's my favorite character every every line delivery he has is is just so good, six inches. I love him. Um, <laughs> so I had a really good time first time watching it. And then December 2nd, we did it again. You know, we finished all our classes and we're on different schedules and shit. So we weren't starting the movie till like 1 a.m. or something. I Had to go to class the next day. but We watched it in our dorm room. It was awesome. And uh, by December 4th, we were out. We uh, it was just it was too hard. Yeah, I mean, that's, too, t- that's
0: too many times to do anything. But I tell the you what, it was things wasn't... I
1: do once a day. I do because they keep me alive. <laughs> i tell you what though it wasn't even like we got tired of elf and it was like we can't sit through this movie it was just too difficult with both of our lives to make sure that we were both in the dorm room for an hour and a half able to focus on this movie at least once a day and so we had to abandon it but I- i've seen too elf pure for at this least, world i've seen elf at least you know four five times since um and it's still good like it didn't I didn't get worn out of the movie. And so it's, I think it is like one of the last Christmas classics I can. It's probably the last one. Think of Um, Krampus from 2015 is up there now. It seems like that mid 2000s, like early mid 2000s era, was like the last chance for new things to come out and become huge and uh, reflected upon in a like a pure way and then after that it's like we just look back on things Um, you know what I mean yeah I well I think that's
0: if that's true it is because that was teetering on the precipice of like total content oversaturation so like there's a bajillion things and they all come out so fast you know Netflix has already made two of those movies where Kurt Russell plays Santa Two of them already? Mm-hmm. Do you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yep. shit is just happening so fast that, like, you don't have time to make things a classic anymore on a wide scale. Like, because, like, even the biggest hit things, like, the Queen's Gambit is fucking huge right now. But, like, are people going to be talking about the Queen's Gambit in, like, a month if they if it's not a meme where Anya's Taylor-Joy is holding Yu-Gi-Oh cards instead of chess pieces? Probably not because who's got the fucking time so i i think like just there was a shift that made it dramatically more difficult for like a whole like society to decide that something was a classic now um and i mean you know i was i was there i get it i think elf is good i've not seen it nearly as many times as you have I'm also not a gigantic Christmas person, as we mentioned, so I don't I'm like I've seen it enough. I think I think I'm probably good with elf. Um it's a bit much for me, probably. Uh my memory isn't amazing of like holiday specific, so I don't know like whenever the first time I saw it would have been or like how many times I've seen it or anything like that. But like I know it's good and I know I like it, but uh I certainly wouldn't like seek it out actively and certainly not daily. <laughs> Make me sound like I'm no fun, but it's just true. (laughs) But it's true. I'm no fun. (laughs) Well, the thing I'm saying is true. Whether it's no fun or not is up for
1: debate. People can decide for themselves how fun I am. Just put it out there in the universe and Um, be judged. So then we got this. We get this
0: special that I didn't know existed until we decided to watch it. And Mm. uh, it stars the fucking Bazinga Boy. Yeah. Remember when that was a thing? Uh. It still is, very much, because that thing's going to play in syndication until well after we're all dead and keep making all those people money. Uh, After they're all (laughs) dead. Yeah. uh, Their
1: families will inherit the earth Um, off the uh, back of the Big Bang Theory fucking residuals. Let's dwell on that for a second, because I don't know if Bazinga Boy will ever come up again on the show. Do you like the Big Bang Theory? Fuck no. No. It's not
0: good television, not even from like, not even from like a dork purist angle, which is like, who fucking cares? Get over yourselves. Like, it doesn't matter if they're talking about dork stuff a lot and you don't like how they're doing it. It's a fucking caricature. Get over yourselves. But it's just not. Anyone? Any? I'm coming at the people who don't like it and I'm coming at the show itself because the show itself is just not good for a human being
1: to watch. Oh, it's just not—it's not, it's not anyone good. Anyone who likes this show and is listening to this podcast, Corey says, "Go fuck yourselves.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's just—it's agony to sit through. Um, not a fan.
1: <laughs> you know, I had a roommate um a few years ago who would watch Big Bang Theory episodes in his room with the door closed. Um, I knew he was doing this. In private, would, like a sin, like he should be. Right, right, right. But he, he would like bring it up. He would be like, uh, sometimes he'd be like, you got to see this clip. or You, know, you definitely you, didn't you, is the thing, though. <laughs> do, do you like the Big Bang Theory? So I knew that's what he was doing. Um, and he would, <laughs> he would laugh out loud to this show. He would laugh. Just like that. It sounded just like that. He smoked a lot too. (laughs) Shane smoked and watched the Big Bang Theory. Um, He would laugh so hard at the Big Bang Theory. There was one time I was hanging out in my room. I heard him arrive at the house. And so I hear him go up the stairs. He goes up to his room. The door shuts. literally three seconds later i'm not even joking literally three seconds later he's laughing out loud and i said that's fucking it i gotta see what's going on and so i <laughs> march up the stairs and i knock on his door and he opens it and the fucking big bang theory is on his <laughs> he's watching the big bang theory. And i want to say something quick
0: yeah people are allowed to like the big bang theory a lot of people clearly do Boy, howdy, it's not good, though. Can we at least agree it's not good? People can like bad things. Well, I probably uh, like all kinds of bad shit. I don't know. <laughs> Do you like the maybe. Big Bang Theory, Liam? No. Okay. No, no. What if that was the reveal at the end of this? Uh, You know, alongside the Bazinga Boy, Jim Parsons, not to disparage Jim Parsons, who I think, you know, he's doing other stuff. He's probably fine. He seems like a nice guy. If I If somebody wanted to pay me millions of dollars to be the Bazinga Boy, I probably would. Like, you know. Um, we've got Mark Hamill, Katie Micucci, Ed Asner, Max Charles, Rachel McFarlane, Fred Armisen, Kevin Michael Richardson, Gilbert Gottfried, Jay Leno. Uh, I didn't notice Jay Leno, but whatever. Uh, Steve Higgins, Kevin Shinnick, Rachel Ramras, Larry Dorf, and Rachel Bloom. So three discreet Rachels for starters. And uh, But I mean, you know, solid cast there. A lot of notable people in there. And, um, the story is Santa narrating the story of Buddy discovering that he's not an elf for real and that he's got a dad who, who's, so his mom put him up. No, that's not it. So he had a mom named Susan and he snuck into a Christmas bag, which implies to me that she did not want to lose this child. And then he got raised by elves, but his dad doesn't know he exists. And then he goes and he meets his family and his dad's a real fucking naughty list piece of shit workaholic. And, um, they got to get Christmas spirit back both in that family and into society at large to power (laughs)
1: Santa's sleigh. And also his boss is a real piece of shit. (laughs) Being an expert on uh, the Elf movie and the the story therein, I, sh- I should clarify: uh, Corey wasn't wrong in anything he said. But when he when the baby Buddy Elf, not yet an Elf, when the baby Buddy sneaks into this Christmas bag, it is Santa's Christmas bag, and then that well, Christmas yeah. bag goes to the North Pole. What I does Christmas that- bag mean? I understand that you might think that that's assumed from what you said, <laughs> but uh, yeah. no. No, Santa's Christmas bag is not often called a Christmas bag, Corey. It's Santa's sack. A Christmas bag could be like you put some presents in it and you give it to your neighbor or something. Any human can have a Christmas bag. Yeah, that's what Santa does because he's neighbor to all. So I just wanted to clarify that because when you said buddy snuck into a Christmas bag and then he gets <laughs> raised by elves, I just wanted to fill in.
0: All of that's true. The,
1: the loose ends. That None of that was incorrect. Not, None of it. That's exactly what I said, but someone might not know how he goes from Christmas bag to raised by elves. So I just <laughs> wanted to get that out there. He crawled into the wolf bag and was raised by
0: wolves. Real Mowgli situation. Real elf Mowgli. And, um... You know, it's 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 that simple. Um there's song numbers along the way. He meets a friend and I guess we were supposed to intuit that buddy is the age of an adult human. I kind of thought he was still like sort of kid-aged, but uh he very much is a father at the end of this story, so I guess he's old enough for that. And um it's done in like the Rankin Bass sort of stop motion animation style that a lot of holiday classics are, uh, actively trying to emulate that, um, you know, for better or worse, it's kind of uninspired at this point, but whatever, who am I? And, uh, just the guy who wants a good old fashioned Christmas bag is all I am. <laughs> who the fuck are you,
1: Corey? <laughs> <laughs> Uninspired stop motion? Oh my gosh.
0: Well, it's uninspired in that, like, a couple classic holiday specials did it, and then everybody was like, well, if we're making a holiday special, we have to do stop motion animation. It's like the definition
1: of uninspired. Oh my gosh. I mean there's only so much you can do. I think there are there are a lot of holiday specials that Liam are later later in this episode action.
0: literally later in this episode I'm going to say I think it looks really nice. You don't need to climb down my neck for this one. All right, I'll stop. It can be both uninspired and look pretty. You know, it's not rocket science, so I'm just going to cut to the chase here. This is fine. We're back at it again with the word fine. It's sweet and nice, uh, but it's kind of hollow, and it feels exactly like the kind of thing that does not become a Christmas classic, but is the kind of thing where if you're having a big family gathering, it would end up on the TV at some point as like background noise slash wallpaper slash something for people to look at with their eyes. Um, It's not a raw classic, and it doesn't really like... It doesn't really create a genuine feeling of like Christmas atmosphere in the viewer at least for me it's got all the signifiers and it's like overwhelmingly Christmassy at times but it's just sort of like it's what it is it's going through the motions it's 45 minutes of Christmas stuff that's supposed to make you feel nice and uh, it looks pretty but it I don't know I watched this in the, uh, in the middle of an afternoon wrapped in a blanket because it was cold while it was gray and pouring rain outside and it did not do much to lift me out of that, uh, hole. I was being a bit hard on it in my notes, um, but then immediately after it was over, I went outside to pick up a Christmas gift from the mail and it was windy and pouring rain and all the snow was gone and it was miserable. The neighbors have an inflatable snowman and, uh, Santa. That uh, are completely flat, not inflated, just getting dunked on with rain. And it's such a tragic visual that um, immediately having seen the movie, it did sort of make me wish things felt a bit more Christmassy out here. Um, there's like one house with decorations on this street. Like, I'm not a huge Christmas head, as we've mentioned, but that was pretty rough. Um, it, th- watching this and having the terrible atmosphere around me made me want the warm, pleasant, homey Christmas atmosphere but paradoxically, the movie did not create that. it just made me want it
1: more that's a well that's a that's a really good take um I would agree with a lot of the stuff you said like it's it's uh it's pleasant enough it is the sort of thing that would be on while a family's over, and it would be a good fifty minutes you know it's uh it's no immediate classic at least i mean. I, I struggle with the word classic because it really needs time, you know. Earlier in this episode, I said that Krampus from 2015 is a Christmas classic to me. But I'll tell you, when I saw that movie in the theater, um, I was pretty let down. I was so excited for that movie, and I, I was pretty let down that it, it didn't feel like something that I wanted to revisit. And now, we're five years removed from the release of Krampus, and I think it is a classic, and I revisit it every year, and so... um uh when it when it comes to holiday stuff um when we when we have so many cultural touchstones that we that we come back to i think that you know people sometimes are are a bit too harsh on movies if they don't immediately have that magic that something has cultivated over multiple viewings and and multiple years and so uh I I tried not to hold this one to a super high standard um in that way because I definitely do it too, you know? And so with this one, it just uh it definitely entertained me for the first fifty minutes. I was expecting something It's that was only like,
0: fifty minutes long. Of course it the first fifty minutes.
1: Dude, I <laughs> It's only I, fifty minutes. <laughs> I, I've seen some uh, some 50 minutes of movies that we've watched, and I've but been you, out by 10. But you can't say the first 50, there's only
0: 50. Oh, okay. That's all of it. So it entertained you the whole time.
1: It did, yeah. Okay. I was, entertained.
0: I, I was genuinely making sure you hadn't said 15.
1: Like, I was trying to make sure. Um, well, it, it honestly, it was the first 15 minutes where I, <laughs> Where I knew that I was actually into it, because I was, I was expecting something that felt a bit more uh, flaccid, and if you used the word hollow, maybe I was expecting that too. But I thought that this uh, was jam-packed with charm and spirit and uh, um, clever... Alterations of that original story, you know, as, as a way to move it along quicker. And when I realized that it was just a, a remake or a retelling of that original story, I was I was very uh, taken by how smoothly it was doing that. And um, uh, once we get to the city, and there are some deviations from that original story, you know, we don't have the department story, the department store that that buddy works at. And uh, so that boss character that I love from the original isn't here. Um, and so some of that stuff has to be told in a different way. I thought that it was uh, um, really cleverly put together so as to not have this feel like it's just uh, 50 minutes from the elf movie. It, it felt like it was, um, perfectly structured to fill its shortened run time, you know, because it's telling the same story as the Elf movie, which is almost double its length. And so I thought this was really, really charming. Uh, stop motion really helped that. I mean, I loved mm. the little touches, like uh, Santa's beard particularly looked real good, like his, his little yarny hairs. I liked how basically all the non-main characters are blue little yeah the whole city
0: people. the whole city well they're not really gremlin people but they are all blue for sure and the whole city of new york is blue and i thought that was great like a, just a great choice blue york yeah. city everybody but um it communicates winter well it communicates like the op- the oppressiveness of a major city in a nice way but it also has a good yeah. like cohesive quality to it where it's like People like to talk about New York, a place I've never been, um, feeling like a unified place. And I think, you know, if visually that is literally true, then that helps. But it's very far removed from what like the North Pole looks like and um, the beautiful colors that we get when Buddy leaves um, and he's like getting into the water, the fucking like sunset sky. It's like this vibrant as fuck, like yellows and pinks and stuff, which look amazing. And they
1: contrast with like what we end up with. Yeah, I thought in 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 those regards this actually did a better job than the original movie because it's able to be be a bit more stylized um in how it portrays the city and how it portrays the north pole um because uh, uh once elf gets to the city in the original movie it very much just feels like Will Ferrell in an elf costume um just at, like yeah goofing around in a New York city that like is <laughs> how it actually is, and so it kind of right. just looks flat. um give me the so vibe
0: of New York City,
1: yeah, and so I liked this stylized take i thought I thought the little blue people were so so cool and um. I liked uh, the way that his little takeoff looked from the North Pole with with Mr. Narwhal. Um, I thought those things were were honest improvements over the uh, the the original movie, which you've kind of got to do because this one, I think it's what it's missing most is Will Ferrell and his comedic chops. There are there are moments where Jim Parsons, the Bazinga boy, does lines that are basically pulled right from that original script and he's he's not either he's not able to do them the way that Will Ferrell does like with it's, it's the same they're
0: directing him to be a different thing like I don't even think they're trying to emulate Will Ferrell.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, cuz he, he's not at all. Um the the biggest one for me was when he has to make up a song for his dad because he's supposed to be a Christmas gram. And when Will Ferrell does that in the original movie... Oh, that's in the original tell... movie? I don't even remember that. <laughs> yeah. when It's an iconic moment, bro. When Will Ferrell does it in the original, you can tell that he's like a human that is kind of nervous he's like anxious because he's been put on the spot and he does like to sing but he also doesn't really know what he's supposed to do and so he actually feels very human in that moment whereas Jim Parsons buddy is like a bit more manic and cartoonish and just goes right in singing the song and Jim
0: Parsons uh, is also he has a lot of stage acting in Broadway experience and like musical theater so I think that we're leaning into that more so, in terms of the performance generally, not necessarily exclusively that scene. But I think the theatricality is so high, and the manicness is there because of his pedigree in that.
1: Yeah, and I really like the theatricality of this movie. I think it it goes a long way in filling out the 50 minutes and keeping it exciting the whole way through, because... The first 50 minutes of the Elf movie, they're not as high energy as this is all the way through. You know, this movie has has to condense it down. And so um, this this thing is high energy all the way through. It would definitely keep kids engaged. And it's just the sort of thing that um, because it has high energy the entire time, it would be so good to put on uh, when you have like a family yeah, over. It's or, something that or, ends up on the TV
0: when you're cycling through the Christmassy hits, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's it in that regard, it's much better than like a uh, a Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street to put on the TV when you're having a family party because that has slow moments and like it's kind of morose and um, that'd be like later in the night after you've eaten dinner and you all actually want to sit down and watch something. <laughs> this is good for like a a six p.m. Christmas watch, right? Um, yeah, and I mean. I could get into like
0: a lot of specific moment to moment stuff, but like none of it changed my overall feelings, which is just like some of it's kind of cheesy and annoying for me personally. Like it was just some of the moments are a bit much like you're saying, like the high energy just sort of was a bit exasperating for me sometimes, but like it's cute. It's inoffensive. There's there's stuff in it that genuinely made me smile. Uh, it, it looks good. Um, songs were absolutely not really doing it for me but all the singers are talented um everybody can sing the songs i just thought were just kind of like middle of the road i don't know you're a musician how did you feel about the music uh it's no mama mia too it's you're goddamn right it's not i was listening to that literally right before we started doing this get you in the get you in the musical mood yeah um Yes, the are so. Some of the songs are just kind of annoying. Some of them are just sort of, eh. Like that, that stuff kind of did nothing for me. I think I would have liked it more without the music in it, which is oh, a bad, okay. which is a bad sign when it's the second word in your title.
1: Yeah, no, I, I didn't get that, um, and I'm not a big musical guy, so I was kind of, I, I would guess, you know, on paper, I would come away thinking the same thing as you, but I thought the the music numbers kept kept the energy up i liked the way they were able to um zip through some of the the like character depth and the plot beats that the original movie does like um getting jovi to be comfortable with singing i really liked the song uh, about that and and getting her to sing which is something that takes a bit more time in the original movie and is a bit more understated but I, I liked the way this one did it i uh so i i liked the function of the music and you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna listen to the soundtrack or anything but as i was watching it it was uh it was cute yeah like it's <laughs> um it is that and um I, did,
0: I certainly didn't hate the songs it's just like enough of there was a couple of songs where i was like well this is starting to annoy me so it's like, if those weren't there, I would have been annoyed slightly less. But like, it is it is inoffensive, well-put-together
1: Christmas party background noise.
0: And that's fine.
1: Another song I really liked was when Michael was singing so sadly on the streets of New York City. And he was watching uh, through the windows of the department store yeah. as like a beaver family. Those were was, cute. Those were so cute. Yeah, I... There was a lot of little touches in this movie that was like, it was a deviation from um, Made with Love. Uh, yeah, yeah. The Beavers did a good job. Um, there's also, uh, at the beginning, like a cartoon sequence that isn't stop motion. And yeah, I think that's that stuff is really... Uh, it's just it it adds some nice flavor you know and um when i watched this it it wasn't background noise and just sitting in front and really paying attention the time still flew by and i was basically smiling the entire time um yeah a lot a lot to like and it's it's honestly like i could see it being an annual watch for me just because it's 50 minutes long and uh one one time a year is like is decent yeah i I wouldn't i wouldn't watch it every night of december it's no (laughs) that might be more that might be
0: more feasible though
1: yeah honestly eh? (laughs) hey i need to call up my old roommate yeah it's december 1st today there's still time (laughs) (laughs)
0: um i don't say background noise disparagingly um that's just sort of how it feels like i don't say that to demean the movie or anything. Um, I just want to make that clear. Like, I think that's fine. And that's a necessary role in the holiday season. That's what a lot of things become. I think including shit like elf, the, the original elf just sort of ends up being that. Uh, and that's fine. I think this is a great addition to that. Um, but as the guy who has established himself as not a gigantic Christmas head, there's, there's only so much it can do for me. Uh, but I think it does it well. I think it's well put together. I think it looks really nice. Um, it, it has some fun stuff in it. I like the like barbershop quartet of Santa's. That was yes. cute. Also, when Buddy is sad and walking around the city, there is a sign that just says the crying toilet, and that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah that- I don't know what that, <laughs> that means or anything, but uh it's I guess it's just a bar with toilets that you can cry inside. But uh that's kind of all I've got to say. It's like it's 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 good. It's well put together. It's made with care uh but it did not rock my world it did not make me a christmas head
1: and it did not make me a fan of the big bang theory either man i wonder if anything this month will make Corey a christmas head if anyone has any recommendations of a sequel or remake type movie that'll do it for Corey, let us know and we will adjust our schedules accordingly (laughs) i'm trying here (laughs) i think like i don't know i just
0: i don't know i think i have to get there organically I don't think a movie's going to get me there is what I mean. Like I think real human experience might. Hmm. Yeah, and that's that's that ain't happening this year. year. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Uh but that's okay. We've still got each other.
1: But yeah. <laughs> but, but, I, but, but but what but what, Liam? <laughs> but it's not enough because you still don't like Christmas. Well, I don't
0: dislike it, but I'm I'm like I'm ambivalent
1: I'm not way into it either you know Christmas if, is a thing that if we've happens. learned anything from this podcast is honestly worse
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah because at least it, like there's nothing that I can hate and you know I find that this podcast has proved that I I can be productive when I hate something
1: yeah So, if anyone has any remake or sequel type movies that I will love or hate, hate Christmas, also send those our way. We need to (laughs) we need to change this dynamic somewhat.
0: Oh well, you know what we have to look forward to, Liam. We got each other Christmas things.
1: We did. So maybe that'll do it. That's a real human experience. We'll update you listeners at uh, at some point once our Christmas gifts have been exchanged. Yeah, I
0: imagine we're probably doing it before the the hallowed day itself.
1: Mm-hmm. That was my best guess, and because December is lucky enough to have five Wednesdays this week or this month, sorry, and uh, also this week, we will we will have another December special episode after the holiday Day itself, and so we can probably do some updating there, some reflecting on the month, and uh, Corey will let us know his his final thoughts on Christmas. Um, liam's gift for me and then
0: we'll check it out again liam's gift for me is a santa suit and a note that says learn to love it you dumb piece of shit and that's all he got
1: <laughs> only then can you put it on <laughs> it's gonna be like the santa claus oh i'm getting
0: santa claus oh fuck <laughs> i'm getting tim allen oh shit wow.
1: no nobody want to wants to get tim allen Um, you know, something else I liked in this movie was the boss. Oh, yeah, little angry Gilbert Godfrey man. Yeah, and he kind of looked like the lead singer of the cure. So I (laughs) liked his design. (laughs) Yeah, he did. But but voiced by Gilbert Godfrey. And that was just that was also a nice repurposing. Hey Robert Smith,
0: you're out of the band.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was a nice repurposing of the original movie because in that one, um, that angry boss character isn't quite Walter's boss. You know, he's just uh, a famous Christmas children's book writer that comes in to help them near the end of the movie. So simplifying it and just making it an angry boss uh, was good. I like the sequence where he's just firing everybody in the building. Um, And, uh, you know, it was nice to hear Gilbert Godfrey's voice again. I yeah. Like, I like that guy.
0: And, um, yeah. Don't get on the naughty list or you turn into a terrible zombie. That's what we learned. There you go. Stay, the stakes have never been higher this year. The world is in shambles. And if you don't care enough for your fellow person, you will literally turn into a nightmare person. And you will be a, a green gremlin, a green gremlin guy. And, uh, Cor- you'll have to fight the Bazinga Cor- man. Yeah. Corey, do you think you're on the naughty list? Um, I hope not. You know, there's no way to say this that doesn't sound like I'm just trying to say that I'm a great person, but I find that regardless of my interest in Christmas, the holiday, uh, I like to think like I'm a I'm a caring and thoughtful individual who tries to help people, so I would like to think that sort of rules out my ambivalence towards Christmas.
1: Yeah, I took that into consideration, but like... Sounds like you think I am. Talk, I'm, I'm just wondering if that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Where I guess... Does- does- I mean well how harsh is Santa?
0: We'll find out because I'll have to report back after Christmas Day and we'll see if I just get totally shafted. Yeah, I'm gonna give you coal, Corey. Fuck. (laughs) I meant by Santa, but you can also do it, I guess.
1: Um (laughs) Dude, I watched a hilarious video yesterday of um a a dude telling a young boy, you know, this kid is probably under the age of 10 and maybe seven or eight or something. And he's like very Irish. And the dude is telling the kid that he's on the naughty list. And this Irish kid says that he's not on the naughty list. And, uh, and he says, if Santa does put him on the naughty list, he's going to uppercut him. It's hilarious. I will send it to you. Maybe, maybe that'll turn you into a Christmas head.
0: Yeah. We'll have to see. Something's bound to do it. Just make a
1: Christmas themed Mama Mia movie. And I'm, I'm all in. Oh, man. Honestly, why hasn't that happened yet? How do you feel about Harold and Kumar? They did a Christmas movie. Will that get you there? I saw it when I was like 14. I don't remember anything about it. The 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 Christmas one or the,
0: the original one? Any of them. Ah, Gotcha. <laughs> saw them all at some point. I don't even know if I said the right age, but I have seen those boys do their, their deeds, and uh,
1: I don't remember shit about it. <laughs> well, listeners, if you were considering doing Harold and Kumar Christmas like I did at one point, Go back to the drawing board.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And while everybody's drawing on that board, I'm going to thank them all for listening to another episode of They Made Another One. Does that sound okay? Yeah, that sounds great. Cool. So uh, you can find us all over the internet on Twitter at They Made Another, all one word, and on Letterbox at TMAO. You can... What do I say next? You can reach us via email. Anytime at TMAO podcast at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, things that might turn me into a Christmas head or your favorite song from this. If you've seen it, I'll give options. I'm a generous guy and um, our fantastic thumbnail art is done by Jade Dickinson. You can find on Instagram at Jade sketches, our custom soundboard clips that you have not been hearing because the soundboard I have is a dumb piece of shit and not working. By Jason Deline, who is none of those things, and he's great. And you can find him on Instagram at Delineman.
1: Liam, where can people find you? You guys can find my film writing, Christmas loving alter ego, Graham <laughs> the Haunted Marshmallow, on Twitter and Letterboxd. My username is Graham the Haunted Marshmallow. Er, the username
0: is Graham the Mallow, ain't it?
1: It is. Yeah. There we I go. Don't, I don't know where Graham the Haunted Marshmallow will take you. If it actually <laughs> takes you to a user, I'll be pissed. I got someone to. You'll come have after. to fight somebody to maintain the purity of your brand (laughs) that's maybe i should go book that one right now yeah in
0: case cover it off just in case somebody listens and takes it as a goof uh while liam's doing that you can look me up on twitter and letterboxd that mr Corey price and you can also listen to my other podcast with friend of the show neil where we are working our way through the um Classic action packed fantasy fighting horny television fantasy program from the 90s Mortal Kombat Conquest. That is under MK Podcast on Twitter and everywhere else. And with that out of the way, happy holidays. You can catch us here next time for more. They made another one?